0: By now I'm sure I should have seen at least a couple signs pointing to Pittsburgh, or at least a gas station where I could stop and ask for directions. But instead I was surrounded by a thick fog so deep I couldn't see five feet in front of my headlights. A monstrous tree that had been down in the storm was blocking multiple lanes of traffic and was covered in power lines. It reminded me of a spider web with something too large caught in it. Of course, this being the small town that it was, my choices were either wait until morning after it's cleared away or take the old abandoned stretch of highway about a mile back. If I waited, I could be too late if my family needed me, but if I drove on the highway, I wouldn't be able to go very fast either. The fog would make that impossible. After a couple of hits in my forehead against the wheel, I decided to take the highway. At least I wouldn't be blocked in. I could keep moving forward. My father had always told me, if you're ever stuck, if you're ever unsure of what to do, press on, keep moving forward. As I doubled back, I had another overwhelming stab of pain, but this time it wasn't in my stomach, it was in my chest. It was strange. It wasn't because of fear for my family. Deep down, I knew everything would be fine. I was nervous to drive on the highway. My palms got sweaty and clammy. I became lightheaded. Under my tires, I felt a sudden smoothness. I must be on the highway now. I still couldn't tell with a thick blanket of white all around me. I tried to calm myself down as I looked for different trees I may remember. My whole life had been lived cautiously. I never tried drugs. I never drank. I never had a moment of teenage rebellion, and now I was worried about driving on a highway. My fear of life was probably the same reason I never dated a girl, let alone tell the one of my dreams I liked her. I had to face the facts. Angelo Drake was nothing more than a scared little kid whose friends would be leaving in less than a month and he would stay here to carve out the rest of his destiny as a townie. I had to change. I couldn't let my life be like this. The anger I felt over the truth of my thoughts outweighed the anxiety I felt about driving on the highway. The blue spark irradiated from my phone again. As I picked it up, thinking it was my mom telling me to turn back and stay at Sam's, I noticed the phone battery had died. I looked down to see the wrinkled edges in the half-open cardboard box illuminate with an eerie blue glow. It was beautiful but terrifying at the same time. I picked up the strange, pointed artifact and began examining it. I finally had time to look at it. It was like nothing I'd ever seen before. I dusted off the debris on the side and noticed that the dusty, broken triangle was really a sleek, metallic stone with veins of blue light shining through some kind of foreign lettering. The object didn't feel like cold marble. It felt organic, like it had its place in that car with me that night, like it was part of me. I glanced up at the road, knowing that I had taken my eyes off the road for far too long, only to look up and see a tall, statuesque, dark-haired man in front of my car. His eyes were a fiery electric blue. His skin looked like tan marble, and he just stared right back at me. I dodged out of the way, still holding the artifact in my hand, and felt as if I were in a game of bumper cars. My car lurched forward off what I thought was a small embankment, but when the car's windshield cleared from the force of the fall, I realized that I was plunging over 200 feet off the highway's largest bridge. I closed my eyes, feeling the rush of the wind pushing against my chest, and with every piece of strength I had left in my body, I pushed my hands out in front of me. It felt like I had been falling for minutes when in reality I know it was probably only a second or two. The car hit and the sound was nauseating, crushing metal, breaking glass... The car began tumbling down the rest of the hill, and with every devastating roll, broken glass surrounded and attacked me all at once. I felt like I'd keep rolling forever. The car finally began to slow down until it landed on its roof in a clearing at the bottom of the bridge. My car was filled with dust and pebbles. Fragments of glass remained in my clothes. I was shocked that I had not only survived, but was still alert. A faint smell of gasoline tickled my nose. I knew I had to get out of this car as soon as possible. I fidgeted with my seatbelt, only to realize after it was undone I was still suspended from my seat. A warm drizzle tickled my chest and chin. I looked up at my chest.